हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब ओके इट्स रिकॉर्डिंग नाउ राइट सो टुडे आई हैव विद मी मिताली सोनार She has been a Kathakar for 20 years and has trained under her guru Rajendra Chaturvedi. She is originally from Mumbai and came to the US for a degree in performing arts and aims to build a Broadway like platform for the Indian arts. Mitali, how are you? Hey Pramit, um I'm great. Thank you for having me here as a guest today. Um it's cold. It's really cold in New York, like really prickly cold. So Yeah other than that I'm great. Uh yes uh, we had a good summer and fall but <laughs> this is where we come to regret it. So mm-hmm. yeah I guess yeah I've been meaning to have you ever since I saw I heard you talk about the NY the New York uh, New York meetup and I realized how passionate mm-hmm. you are about some topics and I thought this would be a great conversation. So I guess just to start things off uh, what around the block is you got a gig as a kathak instructor in the middle of the pandemic so tell me how that happened <laughs> oh yes that was something so um i was uh, completing my masters education at nyu steinhardt i did performing arts administration there and uh, it was scary i mean yes uh, maybe starting something new in 2020 is bad but graduating with no certain job was something else so um i think just a week before i graduated i was at that time interning with navatman uh, which is a indian arts company based out of manhattan and they happened to offer me a job and i was i was wait i was smitten because not only did they offer me like their marketing position but i was also able to take kathak classes with them as a part of because they were like oh this is a performing arts administration program so you know we want you to also you know pursue your art while you help us manage behind the scenes stuff so for me honestly as much as i crib about the year some really good stuff has uh, happened to me in 2020 and i'm super super thankful for that uh that's awesome and that sounds like you have your dream job already out of college and that's amazing yeah so- i didn't expect that at all for, so for me i think it was more like oh yeah when i hit like the 40s this is what i want to do you know this is eventually where i'll get to i'll have to struggle right now and you know i don't know people in the community that well i'll have to build my network and then to like have that dream job as you said right now it was something else and for the people who are trying to get where you are could you tell us a little bit about the factors that went in that you think helped you secure that position yeah definitely um so i think one of them was even the choice of education right so my formal education before this was like um, i had a business administration degree and then a ma- masters in marketing and i was working at a marketing company um but then you know even with all that going and going pretty fine i would say touch wood uh, my parents never um like they never questioned my decision to get into um like the performing arts industry formally like you know i was i would perform and i would dance and that was a hobby and they were obviously very very supportive of that but even when i decided to change my career line they were super supportive so i think just having family peers who are open to the idea of taking it up professionally is a big thing and um second is finding the right program for you right like i was very particular about what i wanted to study like um i knew yes i like i'd given all these years to like business administration and then i wanted to have those principles applied to the performing arts world like to apply corporate principles to the performing arts world so that it becomes more of an organized industry that was what i was looking to do and then i found that right program at steinhardt and then i think again picking that proper program was super important and then just like taking every opportunity to you know um meet people and talk to them and you know just keep meeting people and like whatever like you know volunteer at places take workshops i think that's what really helped me because 
honestly when i came here i had no um friends or family here nothing to like no kathak connections also as such um just i think being able to put myself out there a little and meeting the right people at the right time it kind of just fell into place and then one thing led to the other and here i am okay so that gives us a lot to talk about and we'll get to navatman in a while and discuss that but let's talk about since you talk it looks like pretty much the foundations of where you are have been set by your performance arts degree and the things you explored there so let's discuss that a bit in detail okay mm-hmm. so you you can you tell us what uh, what were the key takeaways from what you had from your degree and your time in sinhart yeah sure so um so firstly like this program it, it it's uh, it was a very small program okay we were only like 30 people in our cohort and of which uh, yeah of which only two people were like indian classical dancers and no one else were like it was very um the atmosphere was could be intimidating could be scary you know you know you you made this decision of like oh yeah i want to like change the face of indian classical arts and then you come here and like the representation is like very minimal um so it was intimidating but um at every point of time we we had we could customize the program to suit our needs so that was great we had like some core subjects as any other program would like right like you need to learn the like say law or finance in the performing arts world because like here in america um, where performing arts is like primarily non profit there are certain things that you need to know about the industry before you even like look for like internships and jobs so um the degree like was uh, designed in such a manner that these core subjects were offered to everyone and then i could like take any other subjects that i wanted so um i made sure i kept taking like marketing related subjects because well that's what my um you know formal education comes from and then i was also careful to like oh i want to couple my marketing education with like more dance related stuff so i did like a an internship with like albanelli for example and the um, the director of my program was super you know we had like touch points and he would keep guiding us so it was it was really nice like that entire you know getting to know and i'm sure like there are other programs that do that as well so it's more about just finding the right place and then yeah making sure i think for each person it's so different and you know customizing it so much that you know like i knew i wanted to do like marketing in the non profit world within the performing arts industry so um you don't have to figure it out right at the beginning i think that's one of the biggest things i didn't know in 2018 what i wanted to do you start doing things and then you keep picking you know the cues that life gives you cues so you just need to keep picking them up um you figure your way out and i think by the end of the degree is when um i was a little clearer about exactly what i wanted to do and again i'm not saying it's the same for um everyone i know i had a few classmates who knew exactly what they wanted to do and when i pre- uh, previously said the program was a little intimidating is because um many of my classmates came with like uh you know from their bachelor's program in musicology or like dance education and other things and i was like hey i just did like a corporate marketing job and i'm here and like yes i pursue dance as a hobby but never professionally and things are so different um but yeah i think now two years after that i think i'm so much more certain and so again super thankful that i was able to do this program and come here and meet some really really lovely people within the fraternity mm, that's awesome and yeah thanks for like giving us a look inside what your degree was like and how you are here today so take us into your life working at navatman what are the th- what are your roles and responsibilities and what does a day at working at navatman look like for you well we are in the final quarter of the year so mm-hmm. things are pretty intense right now but um i will say um so i'm the marketing associate at navatman so if you follow us on like instagram and facebook and like see our website then that's all me again we do quite a lot of things we are we are a school 
we have a dance team and a music like a music uh, choir within navatman um we do a lot of workshops also given that now you know everything is digital we have some great teachers from india who are you know taking workshops for navatman so we do that as well and then we have other things like a black box bitup which is like studio showings of sorts so we just have so many little little things doing so for me as someone who you know whose first job in the us is navatman it's a great experience um but yeah typically i think my day at navatman is like i said we I, so i get a lot of all these emails right like about the school about the black box bitups about the workshops so it's like a lot of segregation um, of emails at the beginning then because we are quite a small team we are not a very big team we just have um four full time people and everyone else is part time or volunteering with us communications are very smooth the team is very very close knit like a family um and it's not very stringent that oh hey i'm marketing so i won't know what events team is doing it's not like that at all um we have regular checkpoints we keep discussing how to go forward and um uh sahi our founder she's very you know like she's open to suggestions which is a great thing because you know um you want someone to like bounce off ideas off and then she is that person who will you know listen to you and then she'll say yeah we can try it no this may not work but we can still try it which is great again for me um and yeah we she yeah we kind of experiment quite a lot with like advertising stuff like you know something that i didn't expect would happen um because you know i had this impression that oh only big companies have the money to you know even invest in like facebook and google ads kind of a, for example right or like oh only bigger companies have the time to manage their own podcast um but i guess i was wrong because you know navatman is uh, it's a small fast growing organization they are very um inquisitive about you know how they take things forward and they're always open to new ideas so i get to like have the best of my marketing world and like for they they just started a podcast as well so there's always something happening and there's so much to learn which is such a great thing or like even like um in the month of august um we did this we filmed um like 15 concerts across the world and they were like broadcasted to different regions and that was one of the first uh, you know festivals that happened during the pandemic we obviously took um, all the necessary measures but that was one of the first uh, concerts that was filmed and aired for everyone to watch so that was very exciting because even people were waiting right like people were just tired of seeing um free con like you know the blurry videos which would always pop up on your instagram and facebook so then when we did something like a close to concert style uh, production not production but like a arts festival i think it really caught people's attention and then we ended up having a good round of that as well so i think it's just uh, been a very excited journey um amidst a pandemic awesome and gives uh, and so you mentioned like how people responded changed how big based on because you pro- pro- provided a better product and that kind of leads me into your role for marketing can you okay. give us a, uh, can you tell us like when it comes to marketing for navatman what are the things you've been playing around with and what do you think are the things that are working right now in 2020 in terms of getting more engagement from your audience okay so um i'm just going to point out a few things that come to my mind right now uh you know yes like branding it like matters a lot but i've been seeing that non branded content is so so much better like non templatized content right like even when you put out like event details if you put out a video with details within your caption people will at least see it but if you put something in a template like hey like this is a standard template and a small box with a picture in it and like a lot of text on my you know on my image looks like it doesn't appeal to people anymore or yeah that that something like that does not work or uh, i feel um, there was this notion that you know you need to keep your captions short and like you know make it catchy and like someone should just be able to like read it and like register it that does not work again again super surprising but we've been you know i've 
been looking at things and you know where there are like longer captions or real stories someone giving a real life example or like hey i did this and this changed my life and this really works and then some reviews over there and you know like if you treat it like you know a conversation between two people it works so much better than just throwing a one liner there that's going to be be you know that's going to go bouncer for some people so that's been interesting and then uh you know i feel like just exploring from exploring more now that you have you know the entire world seeing what you're doing because everyone is literally always on their devices um finding new audiences i don't know how this is possible because there's only these many people who are interested in the indian arts and now we need to step out of this little bucket and like find more people to you know um love our world as much as we do so i think that's not that's for like all the marketers out there right in the performing arts industry to find younger audiences to find say like the non typical audiences it's not like they aren't interested maybe we are not reaching out to them so a large chunk of my time is trying to get in touch with these people you know like where are these people how do we get in touch with them how do we make them a part of this community that we all love so much okay and i guess this is question kind of is more i'm kind of more interested in this i'm kind of sticking more to instagram cuz it's just like my comfort level kind of keeping mm-hmm. away from facebook mm-hmm. um uh, do you feel like uh, so if you since you're on both platforms mm-hmm. uh, do you reach out to different audiences on facebook and instagram or you just kind of is is there an overlap of sorts well i think that's a given um that's for any product any organization any brand um the kind the people that are on facebook are different from the people on instagram people on facebook are still there for you know um you put something there maybe there's someone who connect with your brand more instagram is more still more like pretty people are consuming video content um people might not necessarily read what you have to say unless they actually follow you and when i say follow you not like just click that blue button there but like they really care about your brand also the algorithm keeps changing right like if you've seen instagram i think if you spend say 60 seconds on your home feed you probably see only three or four feeds which are from your friend but like most of the other posts are all brand posts so then for you as a brand to pop up in that one minute on the home page of someone who follows you is i think where all of us are trying to get um yes it is mainly the younger audiences that are on instagram so if you're just trying to get the you know to attract eyeballs then instagram is great um i won't say it's the best for like sales to happen in the indian classic like someone who like pulls out their money to you know buy a ticket necessarily unless your event is free of course i think then it's a different thing but um that's not something that i or like we at navatman as an organization feel like you know arts shouldn't be distributed for free so instagram has not been successful for us again i like i speak from personal experience so i don't think instagram helps in like sale as such facebook though might also like facebook i do feel that the population is a little more um how do you say a little slightly more senior like people who wouldn't shy away from pulling out their wallet if they you know if they see a product that they really like then they'll just be like okay here are my details um yeah so i do think instagram and facebook is you know a little different i would be a little more wacky and try to connect with people on instagram facebook is a little like hello ji hi ji you know that kind of a feel um but yeah that's just personal experience talking okay so if i message you on my on facebook i need to call you mithali ji instead of mithali i right again this is just me but i might not even reply to you on the same thing <laughs> facebook <laughs> <laughs> that's fair so yeah um so i guess uh, one more since you mentioned younger audiences and mm-hmm. we're talking about kathak uh, what aspects of kathak do you find that younger audiences like um okay so this is sad this is true and um, i think it in many ways relates to a stage performance as well um so people okay I, 
this is um, sad and when i say it correlates because um, i think people get younger audiences get attracted to kathak only when you know sadly again when they hear like bollywood music and then there are some elements of kathak in there and then they feel that is kathak that is why they walk in through your door now when i say door it's an auditorium and instagram both um they feel like oh this is kathak and i really love it and they enter your door then um they love speed right like if they see you do fast chapkars fast tatkar fast movements um they love you again that makes them walk them walk walk into our door but if they see you do like a very slow piece a vilambit piece i am not sure um it's like you just scroll past it you don't want to see it because hey it's slow um and similarly for those like in a stage right like if you if like i'm promoting an event using a very very slow clip chances are that the younger audiences are not even going to see it well does that mean then that you know to sell tickets to my um like to kathak events we are going to just put out chakkars and fast movements there no right like that's the thing you don't adulterate your product you look at different audiences maybe the people that you're talking to are not your right audience they are not interested in your art form they were looking for something else and they bumped into you that's it that does not mean your audience is not out there so i think it's just a little more effort on our part as like arts administrators to find those people you know because at least here in the us what has happened is and this is like not just for indian classical this is for like the arts industry on the whole um that generation of people that was um, very giving to the arts is now old super old and now have we been able to cultivate like a new donor base or like been able to cultivate those 40 50 year olds to give as much as their parents were well we haven't so what is going to convince them that you know hey we need your support and your money to keep our arts alive um i think it's a it's a very important conversation and you know we also i mean think about it right like now do you see yourself being like one of those people who donates like thousands to an indian arts organization well maybe not unless someone talks to you and tells you or, or unless you connect to an organization very dearly and that organization has changed your life uh, very few of us are blessed to have have you know to have had that you know who feel so dearly for an organization that they will willingly support that organization but how do you tell 10 more people that aunty ji uncle ji like you know our organizations needs your support like needs your support and you know you can make that change um we need more proper you know more people talking about this is what i'm saying like we need more arts ad- administrators more people to start having those conversations without feeling um weird about it like i don't know again like asking for money like it can like it needs to be done in a way that it doesn't look like oh yeah this is a one time thing and then people feel like they can give like 20 dollars and 50 dollars and get away with it that's not what we are talking about we are saying hey if you have the money and if you are able then you need to open your wallets and support this organization for a lifetime <laughs> so i think it's just a struggle of finding these people but we are at it Okay, so that's really interesting, Mitali. So, because if you'd want support for a lifetime, you'd have to build these connections long term, right? And so, I guess mm-hmm. is that is that something that's that's a huge process for a new and new artman, I assume. Oh yeah, definitely. Also, I think I was just talking about something that I've been reading in books and in newspaper articles, and may not even apply to. me at and my role at navatman but this is something that you know even like reading about it scares me and the fact that if um you know say a white organization that has existed for like say 80 years is facing the problem then would we be surprised if the same thing happened to us as like an immigrant arts organization over here won't be surprised but that doesn't mean i'm not scared right mm mm-hmm. so 
Mitali, so in this, I guess you have some good insights into this. Say an organization who may not have a marketing background or may not have that sales acumen and they produce great art, but they're kind of hesitant in asking for money or, you know, asking for support because they provide good value to the community. How should they go about doing that? What is the process they should use to start building that skill set in? So, um, okay, so here's the thing. I feel like there is no um, harm in asking around. There are a lot of people um, who are ready to do it because they love the arts, right? Like we have a couple people at Navatman who, who aren't like, they're probably doctors or people who are in the health department. But if Navatman needs volunteers or if Navatman, for example, needs uh, people for a fundraising gala event, then they are going to make time and come for it. Similarly, I mean, here's the thing. If your product is great, but people are not talking about it or you are not putting yourself out there, then what is the point? It's like so much loss is what I feel like. And oh, like this is weird. So um, I also feel like there's like the older generation does not associate um, marketing with a positive term when it comes to the arts, which is surprising. Um, you know, they are more comfortable probably using words like audience outreach, audience engagement, which is essentially a part of marketing, but they see marketing in the wrong light. Now ask me, um, is marketing a great product or great, you know, like you mentioned, like if this organization is producing some great work, but they, are, they aren't marketing it, what's the point of it, right? Like, isn't the point, again, I mean, I guess the intent matters here. Like if the person, if the, you know, like the organization's goal is to um, create work for their own, you know, for themselves is one thing, but if they want to sustain, or if they are trying to tour or, you know, I don't know, have a larger employee base, a larger student base, a larger donor base, then they are going to have to indulge in some sort of marketing. And it's not always expensive. I think that is one of the biggest, um, how do you say, um, I think like this notion that people have that, oh, like marketing can only be done by like the bigger organizations. Or, like you need to invest a lot of money these days you do not need to invest a lot of money. There are ways of going about things organically with the help of people, um, but talk to people, you know, like if you think someone can help you out, don't shy away, take their help, they'll help you out. If you figure out your things, like things on your own, you will know that um, it's important to do it and it's not always expensive to do it. So I just feel that um, there are people in the industry, um, even within the Kathak community, who are ready to, you know, if there's, there is a company that is looking to, you know, seek some advice with how they can go about things, please reach out to them. If you don't reach out to them, reach out to me. Now you know who I am. Um, if you need help, you know, just want to talk about how things can change a little by like, you know, just shifting a little things around. I would be more than happy to help any, uh, you know, of Kathak company. Okay. And this might be an interesting discussion to have. And I know we're going to be talking a little bit in general because it will depend from company to company. Since you mentioned marketing isn't that expensive. And I know that you can run Facebook ads for like, say, a dollar a day for, for mm -hmm. like exactly. two, two to three dollars a day for getting mm -hmm. leads and run that over a two to three week campaign. So like you're looking at 50 bucks, right. so, but that's my general understanding of Facebook ads on a very general level. But when mm -hmm. it comes to Kathak and the Indian arts, um, for like small arts organizations, are there mm -hmm. like minimum budgets you recommend when people are trying to get more leads or trying to get more engagement? Uh, no, I guess it's just so different and it, it like it depends from region to region. And I feel like the community is anyway so small. So right. since you, you mentioned like you have a basic understanding of Facebook ads and if you tried using Kathak as a tag, you realize that you don't even find it, right? You find Bharatnatyam. Right. but you don't even find Kathak. That's how small our community is. So I guess it's a matter of like, it could be hit or miss. It's about, you know, at least giving it a shot. Um, I can't think of where, you know, like what is the right appropriate amount that one should spend. But like you said, like 
you can do a dollar a day and see how that works because yeah it does it it definitely like a sponsored post pops up for you i i think my facebook something that i don't use regularly like my personal page i use the navatman one but uh i think there are only promoted posts like sponsored posts over there now so i know for a fact that something happens now what exactly happens is something even i am trying to figure out i'm trying to see if you know where these you know how to get the kathak tab up on facebook um but that's a process awesome and i think there's some really good insights there and since we're talking about navatman uh, can you tell us about the kathak team at navatman because i know you're kind of very intricately involved with them oh sure um so i think okay so um we have prashant shah or uh, prashant bhaiya he is an amazing performer a great great teacher and um, you know um, he is the person who is the chair of the kathak division at navatman um the founder sasra sambamurthy um, I mean, she is known by sahi so i'm just going to refer to her, her as sahi uh, sahi also has been learning with him for about 8 years now so we have her then we have me on the team um i take a few adult and um children batches for like beginners and you know some private classes also for people who can't make it to group classes and then we have some part time teachers as well um we have ruchi we have mika we have kisha so it's it's a team that's growing and it's growing at a fast rate i think even like the students that we've been seeing have been growing at a great pace at navatman um something that i'm very happy about and i am hoping to you know for things to get all right soon so all of us can perform something together you know at the end of the day the performer in me still wants to you know bring out that side so i am super excited to have the entire kathak team put up something together that's awesome and uh, so does your whole team have like since there are so many people coming from different backgrounds and styles how do you conduct your classes and is there a sense of uniformity in all that mm. okay so um yeah that that's actually a very big one there um we literally all of us come from very very different styles of kathak um i'm from the banaras gharana then we have people from the lucknow and then the jaipur gharana and so it's like this whole confluence of things that were happening um but since uh, prashant bhaiya has come on board um we teachers do like a you know like a teacher training of sorts you know how like corporates do like an induction right for new employees it's literally like that we do a teachers training and then we go through some basics and then you know we try to match our stance with one another um so at least when we teach the kids they learn everything uniformly or if you know i'm on a leave and someone's filling up for me there's no change in the way a student learns so um we really work hard to we are rather working hard to you know deliver like a uniform kind of a kathak education here so um yeah it's like a lot of training for us so that we can train kids right um i think that would be the best way to frame it but then again as performers um we like they are not at navatman they aren't telling you that hey lose your identity now that you're at navatman follow this you know this is how it's going to be done no um we still do our own things we still do our own performances we are all involved in different classes different activities but when we are at navatman we try to maintain that uniformity if that makes sense that makes sense and thank you for being so open about it and discussing that uh and so since so you've been taking online classes you said right mm-hmm. unfortunately and fortunately yeah yeah so tell tell so and so you this your first teaching gig has and you started kind of online right just because of the circumstances um so back in um, mumbai i used to teach people um again it was like i taught mainly adults and like in person it's so so much easier i would say because um you can tell who's hitting their right harder than their left or whose neck needs to shift to like a 45 degree angle and um, unfortunately zoom does not allow you to do that you know um but nonetheless uh, i think what kept us going was that the students were very very um they were pretty 
pepped about this entire thing you know like they were okay with adding like an hour of dance class to their routine and then because they were ready to do it i mean as teacher how can you as a teacher how can you back out right like if a student is saying hey i want to still continue to learn kathak dance i am not going to say no so i am okay with the online way it took it took me a few um weeks this also sounds so funny because like for someone who's like always dealing with like different kinds of uh, social media platforms and like online stuff um for some you know for someone like me to again go and say that oh like i found it tough it's funny but also super real because if eight people are dancing on your screen do you know still point out like some one person's mistake it can be so hard and to you know correct someone's stance or like make sure they register what you're saying you know and um, again like when you're in a, a real world setting you like feed off of other people's energies in the room and that's not exactly happening here so then how do you still keep it going i think figuring all of that took me a couple weeks but now i can say that um i feel the difference lesser than before and i am open to doing this also like i get to interact with people from um not necessarily just new york which is again great and these people are like regulars i don't know what they do with their sleeping schedules but they turn up for navatman events or like for kathak classes at navatman and um, that's great i mean i'm willing to do online classes for people like these okay and so when it comes to say these online classes and your teach uh, would what would you say your teaching style is or how do you identify as a teacher and where you want to take it in the future oh, um so i think i am um friendly but firm um so i am uh how should i say this i'm not like i don't panic or i don't yell that's just like naturally how i am uh i won't panic or yell at a student for not getting it and i'm usually um like my i'll be consistent with whatever my feedback is um till the person gets it and then keep repeating it till the person gets it and i'm not getting tired because hey i'm not the one dancing it you're the one dancing it so i'll keep saying it till you do it and then eventually the person does it and then i mean in all i feel like just being friendly but like making people you know do it over and over again is what i believe in um i also like to take it very slow so it won't be like i don't think i believe in making a class like having a class which is super content heavy um since it's online i feel if i would teach four things in a in person class i think it's just come down to two now because as i was talking about right earlier it's just so much more difficult to like point out those corrections or like correct people stances so it's okay we are it's going slower it's definitely going slower so i mean if we were preparing kids for exams i don't know how we would do that thankfully we are not so um yeah we are we have our own pace and we are not like governed by a syllabus which is great okay and you mentioned that having a teaching practice back in mumbai can you tell us a little bit about that as well yes happily um so i was enrolled with um when i was i think 4 years old my mom enrolled me at this katha class which is in the same neighborhood as i lived in um the gopi krishna institute uh, it's in khar mumbai um and my guru is rajendra chaturvedi ji um a disciple of gopi krishna ji um of the banaras gharana so um for me my childhood was um you know finishing my day at school and then going to gopi krishna ji's bungalow and then you know having a one hour class with a someone playing the tabla and uh, rajendra guru ji um you know calling out instructions and teaching people how to dance and uh, that continued for 20 years um i think right from my age of 4 till the point i was in mumbai and then obviously you know initially it started off as a hobby and um, i kept doing other things school and high school and college and all of that and all the extra curricular stuff and you know 
I did have a social life also. Um, so all of that kept happening and dance was a hobby. And then as I grew up, dance kind of started having that place in my life, like a part of my routine that I wouldn't miss. So even when I started my job, I would be at the dance class from say 7 to 9.30. And then I would go home, dress up and then go to work. And that again went on for like three years. So um, I think with age, my connection, my bond with dance just kept getting like stronger and stronger. Again, Guruji was um, always encouraging me to, you know, push because I think he he knew he knew I would do something associated to dance. He wished that to happen, and um, I don't know if he, you know, he probably just thought of you know that I would become like a performer, which I didn't. So I hope I did not disappoint him. But nonetheless, I think he's super happy to know that I still have something to do with dance. Uh, so that's that, and like also because you know the Banaras Gharana, like it's. It's much, much like the representation of the Banaras Gharana is very small as compared to Lucknow or Jaipur. So um, I think he does take some pride in saying that, hey, like my student is in New York now and like she's doing all these things, um, which kind of makes me happy. So Mithali, it's strange that you mentioned that you're my 14th or 15th guest. Mm -hmm. And you're the first person from the Banaras Gharana. What? Yeah. Am I surprised? No. <laughs> <laughs> but that gives us an opportunity since every time someone is from a place that I haven't discussed before, like say, not just not just the classical Lucknow, Banaras, Jaipur, but if someone, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of series with the Pakistan Gharana as well mm -hmm. and things like that. But so when it comes to the Banaras Gharana, what are... And if I'm watching someone perform from there, what are the things, what are the intricacies of it that I should look out for? What are the unique features of it? And I'd love to get your insights from you since you've been so deeply involved in it. It's just got super heavy influences of like both the other gharanas, the bigger gharanas. Most of the places that mention Gopiji say the, it's like the Gopi Krishna gharana of Kathak. So I think more than the Banaras gharana, it is his style that is more prominent. The fall, the taking chakras and sitting, the shifting on on the weight, you know, sitting on your ghungrus and shifting while doing like gut, being very smooth with like slides and drops and fast movements and doing a movement for every bowl and with perfect clarity. I think those are the those are the indications of the of the Gopi Krishna uh, Garana. So for me. If I see that in a performance is how I tell that, oh, okay, Banaras Gharana, because that is what I grew up seeing. And for me, both of them were synonymous. But uh, that is something that, that was that was synonymous for me. So the Gopi Krishna Gharana was synonymous with the Banaras Gharana. And uh, if I see similarities in those steps, because you don't see it often, you don't see it, uh, you know, like people who are like much older doing the same fall, drop, skip, jump, slide. They don't do it. Like as you grow up, uh, people start focusing on grace and nuances. But I know Gopiji did that till like he was much, much older. And that came down to his disciples. And fingers crossed it comes down from disciple to disciple also. Um, but yeah, uh, I think there are some peculiar um, Gopi Krishna signature moves that we, you know, we, we want to protect them and, you know, um, dispense them to our students now. That's awesome. So when you talk about protecting and dispensing them, um, what, uh, how many years of Kathak would, they, would a student have to know before you start teaching them like these special intricacies? Um, or is this part of a foundational curriculum? I'm just wondering. So I think for us, it was very foundational. Like I couldn't even, I wouldn't even tell these differences until um, I met people. Like, you know, if a person has learned this, then you can only teach them this is something right. that I only started understanding now. Because for me, it was like, oh yeah, like this is how it's done. Like 15 chakras and then drop and then four beads gap and then 15 chakras and then drop and then four beads wow. gap and 15 chakras and four like that's it and then that's it or like slide like from the left corner of the stage to the right front corner like zoom when it's a slide I mean these were things that were a part of our uh, 
tukdas and parans so uh, i think it was a foundational thing for wow, us that's really impressive yeah i wouldn't say like yep yeah, it um you have to care for your body i must say uh, that's another that's interesting because um you know now that people talk about like musculature and other things you know like oh like you should stretch and all of that we didn't we weren't exactly like told to do all of those things also growing up obviously your bodies are more flexible and you are able to do those things um easily and now i feel it you know what people say about like oh now you have to take care of your body and then then you realize that oh this is what they said because you know now i feel like i couldn't i can't do those things until like unless i keep doing riyas of those things there are like those i mean and that's the speciality of it right it tells you that you need to be in riyas to be achieve that level of dance or those signature movements don't come to everyone you have to practice you have to work on them are they going to come to me like now that say i haven't danced for say 4 months okay for example and I, if i try to do that it's i'm not going to be able to do it let's accept it so i think when you ask like can you teach it to anyone yes i can teach it but will the person perfect it not till they realize it so, not yeah. till they realize it i love that line that's amazing <laughs> oh my god yeah i just made riyas a term like works i think it works i think okay. we should use it somewhere okay then <laughs> wow yeah. i used it I, to, with such ease i am surprised right now i was just like did i just say not till you realize it but, okay. that that should be a, i'm telling you this is a kathak t-shirt we don't have enough kathak t-shirts in the world yeah. we need our own inside jokes and our own community agreed and, agreed so, So I am. I am down. I am down to. I'll look for like merchandising options, and then yes. Kataka Chakar could sponsor them. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm making so much money out of this podcast on H1B. Oh God! Don't even. Don't even. Don't get me started. <laughs> so that brings me. Since we're talking about podcast, tell me about Navatman's podcast because they're. I just saw their poor pod poster, and they're launching a new one. looks like it's exciting yeah it is it's super interesting because again i think it was one of those things that uh, navatman was you know looking to do like they had their they had their idea and the topics of discussion um, laid out well in advance but they were just waiting for the right time to you know launch it or to like you know even develop it so it is the right time it has happened uh, the podcast is called speaking of indian arts so it's super generic it it doesn't talk to just kathak or like just bharatnatyam or like just karnatak it talks to the indian arts community as a whole it doesn't talk to just um, students or performers it talks to anyone who's even trying to um understand just like give it her, give it a like just give it a year man like trying to get to know the indian arts and then you can listen to it uh, we are trying to cover a host of topics some are going to be internal like just navatman folks uh, but most of them are like interacting with people from within the community um people in the us people in india um so yeah we just i think the second episode is just out so it is fairly new i think as new as yours i would say um but yeah i think i'm on my third episode so yeah pretty sorry much. yeah i'm on my third episode so pretty much exactly right so and you know the process um it takes some time to get the right product and but yeah it's slow it's steady i'm enjoying it um i mean also podcast is very new i think to the um to this particular community like um i think yes. videos are still videos are still doing the thing you know in within this community i feel so podcast is fairly new uh let's mm-hmm. see how that shift happens yes because i sent like i sent a recording of my podcast to like um someone i know in kathak and she's like why are you just talking about the weather for 10 minutes i <laughs> think i'm listening to this then i to, i was like ma'am you have to like do, don't listen don't sit and listen to it do something and put it in the background and do something else so there is a bit of education involved as well oh definitely to, like you know i had to use the clips to like get people to listen to like the really key takeaways as well i found audiograms have helped with that 
a lot yeah and like you know there are questions like oh like should i have my stage voice like my performance voice on or like my conversational voice on and i was like like those kind of basic things also need to be spoken about you know uh, yeah. but it's interesting i think for sure so if you can give me uh, like so what are the kind of guests you're wanting to have on your podcast this is something i'm figuring out myself i've never had to say no to anyone because everyone i speak to knows way more kathak than i do so i'm not even qualified to disqualify anyone and i've not had to but how do you decide the process of who should be on the podcast who do you want to bring what are the conversations you're going to have but i mean that's the beauty right like um it's not like a tech, it's not like it's not a technical podcast so it does not it doesn't require you to have like a certain years of training it needs you to have experience yes so that you can talk um so um i think the process for our podcast is mainly we know we have a few things that we want to talk about or some things that we feel uh the community needs to know or like we want to shed some light on those topics and then we approach people and if people are ready to talk about these topics see that's the other thing right like not all artists are um, okay with talking about everything so you are going to have a few knows um so you approach everyone and tell them that hey this is the general area that we are looking to cover are you comfortable doing it and then you go from there um i think I don't think we've had like definite knows yet and I hope we don't but as the topics get more and more intense I am sure the knows will come in it's guaranteed Yes so yeah I have a couple of stories to share here I think the first time I I approached someone I didn't have a podcast or anything mm-hmm. I just had an idea so I, I I reached out to someone and said hey do you want to be on my podcast and like she they were like are you part of an arts organization who do you represent I'm like ah this is just me conjuring up a podcast out of thin air I know it mm-hmm. sounds sketchy but who else is that <laughs> podcast here but no. so I had that and then one person uh, another person I approached and they were like i don't have experience yet they've been like 10 to 15 years in kathak they won a full bright scholarship um, <laughs> and i'm like okay i get it i think you are but it's fine i'll come back to you later uh, so it's been very interesting but i will say the response has been overwhelmingly positive i've been very happy that i did this and it's been great i i hope like i see a world where there like 20 kathak podcasts yeah no i mean I think I've said this to you at least five times, but like, thank you for taking the initiative and doing this because um, I think we just need to progress and we need to think of so many different ways of keeping the community well knit, well informed, um, keep the conversations going, and uh, I'm sure like if someone you know enjoys kathak like performatively or like just taking workshops or like even just like watching someone do it or like even for that matter enjoys. what bollywood shows you know whatever bollywood shows if they know or want to know anything about kathak they're going to follow this podcast um so thank you for doing it it just you know makes helps make kathak a household name and i think that's all, what we all are trying to do right yeah and speaking of making a household kathak kathak a household name i know that you had you did some work with the nykf team as well could you tell us the impact that had on your kathak yes oh my god okay so um so i it's 2018 and i'm super new to uh, new york and um as soon as i step here i start looking for like a ways to connect with people in the kathak community because hey i don't want to feel homesick and at least if i keep doing kathak i'll feel slightly more closer to home so um i think kathak festival was the first things that um popped up for me i think it was if i'm not wrong it was an instagram ad or an instagram post so there you go again social media um but yeah i i didn't waste any time i connected with anisha and uh, we had a brief conversation and then you know she explained to me what her um vision was and you know what would what the action steps were going to be and i was more than willing to you know get on board as a volunteer and um yeah just a couple months in and you know like we had this festival which was a huge 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 success i would say because um you know it was over 3 days and then we had an audience of almost 800 people and we had some great performers we had performers from like singapore and like uh, yeah people from india and like uh, 
Birju Maharaji blessed the first festival. So for me, it was a dream come true. And I think for me, if anything, it only affirmed my, you know, uh, belief that I can do something with that ambition that I have. I do, you know, like, I do want to um, create a Broadway like atmosphere for the Indian arts. I do want um, Indian arts to be seen in the same light or at least in a similar light, because why not, right? We come from this country, which is so rich in it, all its art and culture and so many art forms and, you know, folk and classical and everything else. And um, then where are we lacking? We have stages, we have so many people, we have manpower also. So where are we lacking? Um, is it just that people aren't ready to pay as much or like support the arts as much? Is that why it's not taking off in the right way? Or, uh, you know, do people just feel like there isn't enough money in this industry? So the arts are always like a second profession or like a hobby for people, you know, people are still scared to completely dedicate all their time and effort to the arts. What is it? So I think it's a big question that all of us should ask. And, you know, if you're a young parent, like, I think um, if you are still deciding, you know, what direction or like what activities your kids should be involved in, why not the Indian arts? Like, keep asking that question. Keep asking yourself, like, why aren't my friends getting into it? Ask them if, you know, ask them if they would like to. Because I think once a person um, gets into the circle, they don't get out. Getting them into the circle is a big, um, it's a task. But once someone is a part of the community, I don't think they really escape. So, um, yeah. But yeah, the, the Kathak festival was like, it was um, astounding for someone who was like, new to New York, the Kathak scene in New York, it was a surprise package, man. And uh, things did change from there for me. Awesome. And Mithali, uh, it seems that you do dream big and you have huge ambitions. And now that you're part of Navatman, what are your dreams for Navatman? Where do you want to take this company? So um, there are, you know, things that I immediately want to do and things that Again, like they are dreams achievable, but they might take time. I think the first one for me was um, to have um, equal, if not more, um, representation of Kathak as Bharatnatyam. So, um, but I think like the keywords, you know, like in marketing terms, um, you associate with Navatman would be like Bharatnatyam, South Indian dance. Um, I think that was one thing that I wanted to change because. Uh, the company's mission is to, um, you know, nurture self-growth through the Indian arts. It's not through any particular dance style or, you know, art style. So uh, for me, the big one was to um, increase the contingent, the Kathak contingent at Navatman, which I think is happening. So um, yay over there. And uh, the other things are like um, last year we did the Mahabharata. Um, at Symphony Space, which is far away Broadway, but still Broadway, okay? Um, I think that's a big deal, again, like for someone who is working with a group of performers for the first time in New York, again, that was a big deal. And this year would have been the second run of the Mahabharata, which just did not happen because of the pandemic. So we are trying to do that. And um, it's Navatman's own production, and it is a big deal. Um, it is like, a Diwali, you know, like a Diwali time celebration, just like the Nutcracker is during Christmas. If the Mahabharata becomes that for Diwali, I think we all should pat our backs. Like not only Navatman, but the Indian arts community as a whole, because we need that as well, right? Like there's so many immigrants in this country. Um, so yeah, just if you talk about dreams, that is my dream. Awesome. And really looking forward to seeing you do that, Nitali. And kind of brings me to my last question in terms of, say, your future projects or Navatman's future projects, whichever you want to talk about, any workshops, classes, events, anything you want to plug or discuss right now? Um, I think, yeah, there is always a plug, right? Like, I've spoken so much about Navatman because mm -hmm. I really do believe in their work. We are doing so much work and there's something that would appeal to 
anyone who listens to this podcast right uh, we are doing a host of workshops host of regular classes um, even things like body conditioning happens on a regular basis so for anyone who's just check out the website actually just i think that's my biggest plug check out the website you will find something for yourself if you don't um reach me and then you can tell me you didn't find anything which the chances are very less um in terms of for uh, personal goals um i think i'm just trying to strengthen my hold over you know now that i figured out that okay these are the areas that i am interested in and um i am doing okay at them and i want to perfect them because um if i am able to you know um find success doing it then i am i'll be in that position to talk to 50 other youngsters and be like hey you know what you need to get into the indian arts um, scene as an administrator and i think we need that we need the young the fresh blood coming in you know making those big changes not being afraid of like oh like i don't know if i'm earning as much as my finance friends and oh like i don't will i even have a social life because it's not like it's not a 95 job it's like start early in the morning gets over late in the night um i think those are things that can be figured on a super secondary but it's it's just important to get more people involved in the behind the scenes so i'm figuring my way out awesome mitali uh, and yeah that kind of brings me to the end of this episode uh, thanks a lot i really enjoyed this conversation thank and you so much yeah thank you for being interested in uh, hearing from me um it was interesting like i did mention to you that uh, i am usually on the other side of the table where i am asking people things so for me this mm-hmm. was a little weird uh, it, it is awkward to um answer questions and to know that it's being recorded oh my god um i don't like how i sound on a recording but okay no but thank you for like giving me this experience yeah for sure